You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Well, the situation for Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos continues to get increasingly worse. Her campaign, this is the Congressional District 1 seat. This is the seat that Cicilline left in May, and it gets increasingly worse for her candidacy is now the Rhode Island State Police have joined into the investigation regarding how did she get the signatures to get onto the ballot. So there's uh, this is, you know, obviously fraud involved, dead people supposedly using their names to sign. Channel 12 has done a uh, superior job in breaking the story. Let's pick up the latest. This is a WPRI signature scandal involving that of Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matto. So you have now the state police, the attorney general. Let's get some people under oath. Let's get all the evidence. And um, I want to pick it up. I believe this is Tim White, WPRI. But the state police, this is a significant development. We're now with what that means, Tim. Attorney General Peter Nerona tells me this investigation will examine the nomination papers in all 19 cities and towns in the 1st Congressional District. As Target 12 tracks down more and more people, so you never signed nomination papers for Sabina Matos? I've never signed uh, nomination papers for anybody. Who say their signature was forged on nomination papers. Oh, that is a forged signature. The criminal investigation has expanded, with the Rhode Island State Police now involved in the probe, examining nomination papers submitted by a worker for the Sabina Matos campaign. Should people feel confident in the system? Yeah, I, I think they should. Uh, by and large, the system responded in this case. The signature scandal has fueled anxiety about the integrity of how candidates get on the ballot. Secretary of State Greg Amore says while some signatures were approved that likely should not have been, the matter was eventually flagged. Is the locals are doing their thing, in this case, 19 cities and towns. Come on. The Board of Elections is doing their thing. We're doing our thing. I mean, it's very difficult to have widespread fraud when you have so many entities doing the checking. Signatures show the paperwork under scrutiny was submitted by campaign worker Holly McLaren, seen in this Dan McKee political ad from last year. A spokesperson says she is no longer working for the campaign. Target 12 has been unable to connect with McLaren. On one sheet she collected in Newport, Target 12 spotted the same name and address twice, but with different signatures. But should election officials look at that sheet and say, wait a minute, two names, two different signatures, this entire sheet should be under scrutiny? Yeah, well, I, th I, think, there, I think there's something to be said about that, right? You, you're you're going to get a question if there's more than one uh, issue on that sheet. But I think their job is to make sure that people who did sign are validated. Sabina Matos has not given an interview, rather talking through several statements saying today they were, quote, frustrated and angry about the situation. Amore's office says the Board of Elections will decide on the matter tomorrow at 2 p.m. With the Target 12 investigators, Tim White, 12 News. You know, then now the decision is going to have to be of when is she going to start to take responsibility for her campaign? You know, this whole business of dodging and trying to just pass the buck. To me, this shows she is not capable and competent of being, uh, certainly not being in Washington. I mean, this is someone, the lieutenant governor, that, that, that's someone, th this is someone who should not even be the lieutenant governor. For her to then just trying to be leapfrogging now into Congress. Now, this woman, this woman worked in the McKee campaign. This woman was paid by the McKee campaign. So Sabina Matos is someone that she was handpicked by McKee totally controlled by special interests, complete puppet. And now you see one of the dangers of that. And I disagree with them saying, you know, the system worked. Um, they, they need to go through all of the signatures. In, and on top of that, a very important point was made, and that was the fact that, you know, when people want a mail ballot, this is how they get the mail ballot, where they say there's a signature match. And the fact of the matter is, I, I just question, to me, it sounds like no one is paying attention. And it just, it leads to disgust, which it should. Um, th this is, you know, pathetic that she has no answers. She can't face the press. They're trying, she's in hiding. They're trying to get their talking points down. Now they have a, this, the Rhode Island State Police are involved with this. But I would argue the Rhode Island State Police should have been more involved with a lot of this going forward. So this whole system with these 
all these different border canvases and are they really checking the signatures and look how haphazard and this this whoever you know no we know exactly who it is this woman and these people coming forward i did not sign that and it was the woman holly did and the same thing with this whole business of you know of dead people's signatures being put on i i don't believe that this was the first time this woman ever did this i'm going to repeat what i said i believe this is the first time this woman was caught i think in the past uh they were you know able to do it and get away with it but no i don't believe this was not the first time that suddenly this came about in this way and and look at the haphazard way and almost arrogant way of how they were able to do this or try to get away with it folks you're listening to the john DePietro show yankee tree service call them today 401-439-6028 the tree trimming experts from lincoln you can always find them online yankeetreeservice.com tree removal since 2006 24 7 emergency service available it's yankee tree folks i've dealt with them for years tree removal stump grinding tree pruning also emergency service and bucket truck service you can depend on yankee tree service call them today get a free quote 401-439-6028 and remember with yankee tree service they have the license arbitus they'll come out and they'll explain which tree maybe you want to get removed maybe what tree you don't want to get removed tree pruning also one of the best things you can do for your property and for your trees it's yankee tree service call them today the tree trimming experts based out of lincoln call them at 401-439-6028 yankee tree service 401-439-6028 You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Well, folks, as we know, it's been a big week. Another round. President Trump leaking. He expects to be indicted. However, many GOP senators are holding back on defending him. Joining us right now from the Hill is, in fact, it's Alexander Bolton. Alexander, first of all, John DePietro, thank you for joining us. And um, let's talk about this a little bit of... You know, it, it is um, ironic, and I was commenting how, my God, it's it's not even like a, an entire news week when a former president now is being in, indicted or likely indicted. Um, well, I mean, it is big news. It's the biggest news in Washington right now that uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith is expected in the next few weeks to indict uh former President Trump on additional charges. Uh, Trump is already facing 71 felony counts from the uh, district attorney of, for Manhattan and John Smith related to the uh, uh, Mar-a-Lago documents. And so there are going to be more uh, charges coming. And um, the, what what Smith communicated to uh, President Trump in the last couple of days or last few days is that he is a target of a grand jury investigation related January 6th. And we will see uh, exactly what charges he's he, uh, the, the special counsel will bring. The expectation, according to reports, is that he is going to be, the former presidents will be charged with uh, trying to def- impeding, obstructing a, a government um, uh, activity and uh, attempting to defraud the United States, uh, obstructing uh, with a tampering with a witness. So uh, these are going to be serious charges, and um, we'll see the details soon. Folks, again, we're speaking with from the Hill, Alexander Bolton. Alexander, what what about the um, the leadership in the Senate? They seemingly, Mitch McConnell, and so forth, they seem extremely quiet. Well, what's interesting is um, during or at the conclusion of Trump's second impeachment trial in February of 2021, uh, Mitch McConnell was very explicit in blaming Trump for the attack on the Capitol on January 6, 2021. He said that uh, President Trump was uh, practically and morally responsible for the events that day because uh, the the mob that stormed the Capitol and ransacked the parliamentarian's office and caused uh, more than a hundred Capitol Police officers to be injured. Um, they thought they were 
acting on the wishes and orders of, of former President Trump. And uh, more than a thousand people have been charged. And, um, and many of them have said, as you know, in defense that they that they were acting on what they thought former President uh, Trump's wishes were. So that's where McConnell was two years ago. Now, I asked him yesterday, you know, whether he thinks it's appropriate to uh, charge Trump criminally for what happened on January 6th. And, and he declined to answer. He said that um, uh, basically he does not want to be critiquing any of the candidates for president. And what's interesting here is that it's a it's a break from what the House Republican leadership is doing, in particular, uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy, a Trump ally. He's been very explicit, and he's been very uh, vocal in his support for Trump, and he has uh, called this a politically motivated prosecution. He says that there's a, a double standard of justice here, and that uh, the Justice Department is um, targeting Trump for political reasons because he is the front runner for the Republican nomination. Folks, again, we're speaking with Alexander Bolton of The Hill. His story, GOP senators hold back on defending Trump as he fight, faces new indictment. Alexander, uh, just two other questions. One, who in the Senate would you say is maybe the closest ally to President Trump? You know, that's, that's a hard question to answer, but I think at this point it may be Tommy Tuberville, the uh, Republican senator from Alabama. Um, the I, the day that um, Trump was arraigned in Miami for improperly holding the uh, classified documents at Mar-a-Lago and conspiring to obstruct justice, um, T- Tuberville actually uh, he traveled to Bedminster, New Jersey, uh, the Trump National Golf Club, uh, the day of the arraignment and had dinner with Trump uh, the day he was arraigned. So I think that is an extraordinary show of support for the former president on the day he was arraigned in Miami. And um, it it shows, I think, that that Tuberville is is his staunchest ally. I think Tuberville was also the first to endorse his presidential campaign back in November, Trump's presidential campaign. So he, he is very close with with the president and um, Alabama is one of Trump's stronger states, so he certainly is going to win that in the primary uh, next year. Final question, Alex. Um, as far as senators not criticizing the prosecutor Jack Smith, do you think is that a reflection on the leadership of Mitch McConnell, or is it more a reflection on the decorum that they have in the Senate? Well, I think it's a reflection that um, Smith is, I mean, he's a credible prosecutor. Yes. He he is, I mean, he did secure a conviction against former Virginia Governor uh, Bob McDonald, who is a Republican. That conviction was thrown out by the Supreme Court um, on grounds that the federal prosecutors had over, over-interpreted the, or applied to broad interpretation of the federal bribery statute. But uh, Smith is a, you know, he is a formidable prosecutor and professional. I mean, he, he's he's not a hack, um, at least according to the Republican senators I've spoken to. They, you know, they acknowledge that he is a, you know, serious professional, and so they are not going as far as their House counterparts in, in trying to tear him down. And of course, you may have noticed, but you know, for instance, Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and others in the House have, you know, attacked, really tried to tear Smith down. But I think that, that you know, we haven't seen that in the Senate because I think there's a recognition that he is, in fact, a, a professional and legitimate prosecutor. Folks, again, with the Hill, he's Alex Bolton. Alex, great to talk to you. Great insight. Keep up the good work and we'll talk to you again. Thanks a lot. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. Delicious food and drink. They have a great bar area, always a dependable menu. Whether you're going to eat there or take out, a delicious meal is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Look for them online. You can also find them on Facebook. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, always a good time at the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Folks, joining us right now, former Chief of Policy, U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. And it is, uh, we've spoken to him in the past. He's terrific. It's, it's Rob Law. Rob, thank you for taking the time. I'd like to ask you about this latest ongoing push to try to hold some sense of accountability to Secretary Mayorkas regarding the situation at the border. Absolutely, and uh, thanks for having me back on. So, Rob, talk a little bit of uh, 
exactly how the situation in your mind and the accountability for Mayorkas, uh, the path that it's going right now? So just yesterday, uh, two very important things happened as far as holding Secretary Mayorkas accountable for the humanitarian and national security crisis at the southern border. Uh, first off, you had the, the Committee on Homeland Security in the House held their second hearing uh, looking into the way that Secretary Mayorkas is refusing to enforce the law and the implications that that has on Americans across the country. Uh, and second, they released a very lengthy phase one report into his dereliction of duty. Basically, what they have done is they have compiled all sorts of evidence. They have looked at the, the legal standards and they are making the case for the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas for his decision to basically hand over control of our southern border to the cartels, to the human traffickers. And the implications have just been absolutely alarming across the country. You know, one of the things, Rob, that seems to be coming out is, uh, you know, whether or not it's actually in intentional. Sometimes in these situations, um, you know, people are accused of almost being incompetent. But what, what strikes me is it's it's the intentional dereliction of duty. Well, you're absolutely right. And, and that is the difference. You know, you have other cabinet officials in this administration who are just incompetent. They're bad at their jobs. They're not qualified. But they checked whatever box it was that this administration was looking for. Alejandro Mayorkas knows exactly what he's doing. Um, what your listeners may not realize is he spent eight years at DHS during the Obama administration, including serving as the deputy secretary, the number two in charge uh, during the final term of Obama. So he knows this stuff. He knows exactly what he's doing. He understood the implications of what would happen if they took a wrecking ball to all the Trump policies that they inherited. Um, so there's no other conclusion that can be reached other than this is 100 percent intentional. It is 100 percent a violation of his oath of office, and it is making America less safe. What do you think, Rob, about and if you could just touch on I mean, the, the allegation is that there's, I believe, at least a dozen laws or court orders related to immigration that they believe that that uh, falls, you know, uh, right on him. If you could just touch on that. Sure. I mean, there, there's so many uh, different avenues about what it is that they're they're doing wrong. Um just looking at the, the population at the southern border, the people who are exploiting our asylum system, the law only affords for two options. You either detain them or you have them wait in Mexico. And that's basically what the Trump administration policy was known as remain in Mexico. If you don't have enough detention space, that's fine. They can wait in Mexico. But what you cannot do is you cannot just release them into American communities, give them work permits and hope that someday they show up to their immigration courts. Um, the, another provision uh, I don't think is getting enough attention is this parole authority. And so, you know, people may think of parole in the you know the criminal justice system context. Well, immigration parole is a little bit different. It is a very narrow authority to allow somebody who doesn't otherwise qualify for a visa to come in for a very narrow reason, like an urgent humanitarian health emergency uh, or somebody who's helping law enforcement with the, the prosecution of a case. What Mayorkas has done is he said, I'm going to pick favored nations around the world. And if you are from that country and you apply through a mobile app, we'll just wave you through a port of entry. And they're calling this a lawful pathway, but it's not. There's nothing lawful about it. These are what are called inadmissible aliens, which means they are here without permission. And they've basically thrown our immigration laws into the trash and are creating their own system in direct violation of the way our system of government works. Folks, again, he's an America first leader and uh, so knowledgeable. We appreciate his time. Former chief of policy, U.S. Citizenship Immigration Services. It's Rob Law. Rob, again, thank you for taking the time to speak to us on the John DePietro Show. Be well and we'll talk to you again. Great. Thanks, John. Remember to follow The John DePietro Show on YouTube. It's John DePietro Show on YouTube. Subscribe, which means you get notified whenever we post new videos. You find original content, video you can't find anywhere else. Subscribe today. It's free. It's the YouTube channel of The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. Call them today. Heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508 252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 
4209. Three generations, they're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they're going to serve you for a very long time. They have a great user-friendly website. You just log on at propaneplus.com, and then you type in your zip code, residential, commercial, propane plus, heating and cooling, always there for you. Give them a call today in Rhode Island, 401 885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. The Johnson family, three generations, heating and cooling. You can always depend on Propane Plus. Okay, sorry. Oh, that's quite all right. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. We can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining us right now, independent columnist, opinion maker. It is Donna Perry and DJ, uh, the Kennedy name. In New England, certainly carries certain still life, still a certain mystique. You hear that? Let alone it's Bobby Kennedy's son. But uh, Kennedy right now going against President Biden. Yep. It seems to be a little bit of a difficult assignment. Uh, the way the media. I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on how the media is covering his candidacy. Yeah, and uh, great to be with you, John. I, it is actually remarkable to me, and I think some of us of a certain age, John, when when you think back of how this is the son of Robert Kennedy, um, who is, yeah, he's a maverick, and, and there are, you know, he has some um, controversial views, and he's got the, the kind of the permanent throat voice, um, weak throat problem. Yeah. But I, I just will say, uh, as you say, like he is a Kennedy, and the fact that, I mean, to me, there's almost like a venom in the way that the national media um, has covered him. And it is really kind of just this, it's amazing to think of how, if you go back a number of decades, John, when you think of the reverence, JFK, if he was the number one revered, really of all time, Democratic politician, no question. Well, number two was RFK. Um, yeah. obviously very tragically also assassinated. And this is his son. Um, and so to, to see how the media, again, to just almost kick him to the curb, in my view, is, is like the tone of the coverage. And, you know, yeah, like a couple of things about this. Obviously, um, anyone who, as we know, would question uh, anything really, John, at this point to do with COVID, if it is not the 100% sure. narrative, right? Um, right. I, I've said that COVID has almost become a, the third rail of American politics. They used to say that about, you know, don't ever question the elderly and anything they want or social security. Well, anything with COVID, any politician um, questioning um, so how it was handled and the origins and the Chinese and the Wuhan lab, all of it. It, it has almost made him, John, he's like a leper. He's like the untouchable. Like they, they, you know, he can't get any kind. I'm not aware of any kind of a serious interview, by the way. Um, and despite he has a mix of views, on the other hand, he is a staunch, um, longtime, you know, environmentalist. Um, yes. He absolutely. He's very, he's very compelling. To He actually did a long form interview with Joe Rogan. And he's very knowledgeable on products that were, you know, put in and the effects it can have. And right. When you listen to him, DJ, obviously, listen, you know, obviously the throat thing's a problem, but he's 69 years old. He's been, he's very, very knowledgeable. I agree. Access to yeah. people, traveled. Um, it is odd the way, though, you know, the more he's getting a profile, the biggest thing is I, I don't, there's no way Biden could do, could debate him on a stage. Right. Well, and see, and I think that that there is a bit of a concern that they never will acknowledge in Biden camp or the top of the DNC and the people who, you know, run that party because they they probably think and I think this is true. There are probably still plenty of Americans. And by the way, senior citizens who are active voters who you say the Kennedy name and they feel that could be a bit of a challenge, um, you know, to kind of a very unpopular uh, incumbent president. Obviously, for in the in the party's worldview, John, it is heresy 
to be taking on the sitting Democratic president. Right. Like right. so. So he's and he's kind of running this kind of maverick campaign. But I agree. Like I, I do find um, when you think of Massachusetts and how and all all the other Democratic politicians, by the way, a, a Kennedy was an untouchable for right. a very, very like long time yeah um and you know rhode island had the run with patrick kennedy and i mean you know and they knew they could just barnstorm in and um the rest was going to be history and it was when you think of how the national media john through all the years and the scandals of ted kennedy um and how the media really softballed around all that and again how none of the other Major Demo- There was not a major Democratic senator. I don't think they ever laid a glove on him. They, right. Again, the scandals, you know, the women, the, the stuff that by today's standards, I'm sorry, like it was Me Too stuff all over the place. Yeah. I it mean, they, you know, the Palm Beach thing. So that all being said, RFK Jr., um, I think he and, and the other issue, I'll just say quickly that he has questioned and I think a lot of Americans question this, but they're afraid to speak up. And, and questioning this embrace of, you know, telling 12-year-olds that they should be encouraged to change their gender. That's um, right. And he speaks up on it. He does. And I, I think there's a lot of parents who, uh, it's, you don't have to be a parent to agree that there is a, something very concerning and it's very, you know, disturbing to people to watch this embrace of this. Yes. So um, I do think he... You know, uh, he's going to be out there. He he'll have money, and he's a Kennedy. So I think they all the more reason they're they're concerned about him being you know in the game. Yeah, I think uh, and again, folks, for sweet with Donna Perry, DJ. I think you bring up a great point, but I also, you know, he was on. You know, your niece uh, met him. He was on yeah. the couch on Fox and Friends. Fox and Friends gave him the platform. Okay. Now, Biden would never go. Obviously, he can't do any interviews. So, but right. Fox, they made time for him and. He was in his comfort zone. And again, you listen to him. He's very, very knowledgeable and could hold his own. But there's also an interesting development. There's some wealthy Republican donors and they're pumping money into the campaign. So I think interesting. Yeah, I think it's closer to Iowa and then it gets closer to New Hampshire. Let's face it. There would be nothing more embarrassing for the Biden campaign and the Democrat Party if Ken, can you imagine if Kennedy beats Biden in Iowa or beats him in New Hampshire? Absolutely. You're going to have Gavin Newsom, the rest of them, saying, I knew I should have jumped into the race. So I think it's almost like sport at this point. Republicans see that they could almost create some mischief by boosting up, you know, the Kennedy campaign. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's exactly right. And I think yeah. that there are people who want to put some money behind it. They do want to create mischief. Sure. John, they, they also want to, you know, sort of drag Biden out a bit to speak about some of the issues and especially about the issue, um, which, you know, the Democrats have decided everyone in America thinks it's just fine to have surgeries pushed on um, young people. And and there is a lot of coercion going on. I don't care what anyone says. You uh, and it's I think it's very um, again, it's disturbing to watch. It is. Um, so I think they, they'll, they'll tease it out and that they could make it hard for Biden to dodge answering to some of this. Yeah. And I think that is going to play a larger issue, Donna Perry, simply because, and anyone that wonders that, go to the liquor store and see how much Bud Light they have stocked up or how much <laughs> Bud Light they're not selling. I think that is one of those issues that if someone calls them on the phone it's a stranger. They don't know who it is. People want to say the correct, politically correct thing. But then when it's a question of you go to the liquor store and then you decide which beer you're going to buy, yep. Bud Light has lost literally billions of dollars with this whole trying to force an agenda. And then the same thing, I think it, it could translate because Biden said he's all in on it. I think it, it could translate to the voting booth as well. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 
Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs. No matter how big, how small, contact them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. What a difference it makes for your driveway, for your business, parking lot, J, letter J, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730, online at jperrypaving.com, and look for them on Facebook. We're speaking with independent columnist and opinion maker Donna Perry. DJ, President Trump is President Trump, and he's got his legal problems. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the DeSantis campaign, because that, to me, is someone. Now, again, I, I still say until they get up on the stage, and we'll see if the President, President Trump shows up in August for that. But uh, without question, I, I don't know. There's something lacking there with governor DeSantis. he he's definitely fighting bad headlines right now yeah they definitely also they're re-questioning the strategy which you and i had had talked about with jeff deal this whole business of i'm not going to do mainstream interviews um and now the DeSantis people are saying gee maybe i should do uh, uh this week with stephanopoulos maybe i should do uh, a good morning america or meet the press uh, or some just mainstream type. There's a big interview coming up. He's going to sit down with Jake, Jake Tapper and CNN. But w- what is your assessment of what's wrong with the DeSantis campaign? Well, as you say, like, I, I think um, you, you can't just try. You're not going to be Trump. Trump is Trump, uh, right. number one. So, you know, the idea of, oh, you know, knock the media around and all that stuff, which I think that that's part of it, or he thinks that's what the base wants. Look, I, I kind of take, um, the view that it's not so stark. Um, I think there's also a narrative that a lot of the media wants to portray, like, oh, the end of DeSantis or something. Um, this is July and in, in, yeah. in 2023. So number one, I, I don't see that the guy's like going, you know, down a hole and he can't get out of it, number one. Um, and I think there's still, there's a lot of money that's going to follow him. Um, and there is money going to him, but I think he, yeah, he's in kind of a slump, uh, maybe the rookie slump, you know, and he's trying, um, to, to the, I think the difficulty for him though, John, and, and part of this, I think is some of the liberal media wants it this way. They do incessantly just talk and cover Trump. And so I'm sorry, when you run polls, you and I know how this works. There's plenty of people they are going to just really point to what they're hearing out there the most, what they're seeing. You know what I mean? John Trump's name is just there and it hangs in the air. And so I think that's part, part of when you're seeing um, polls and they, they have Trump at a high, I don't know, maybe 39, 40s. And then, right. you know, which to me, that's well, actually. Well, I think those are going to come down. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't I think, think that's that. Down, but... I don't think that's a bragging thing. I mean, Trump's no. name, you were the president of the United yes. States. So and he just to me, continues you, to dominate. You, the you're going to get out of bed and you've got 40%. Yeah. Um, right. So DeSantis, so it's kind of in a frozen spot right now. I've said this for a while. It won't stay that way. Um, and I do think there's a pivot that is being recognized by DeSantis' campaign, as you say. You don't want to be. Mr. Out on the sidelines, out on the fringe, and you don't talk to the Jake Tappers at CNN. Um, you know, you can't, this, DeSantis can't play that in that way, in my view. So okay. I think you're no, going to see I, him out there with, you know, okay. conventional media. I am media. intrigued, though. Is this someone, Donna Perry, right now in the current field, other than those two, that just piques your interest or that you find intriguing as a candidate? Well, you know, you know, yeah, like I think that there are um, there there is uh, Tim Scott, who I think is is a guy that people over time might give a little look to. And I only say that because I think there is um, you personally. I'm not talking about people. Well, I have not really decided. I except that I have been a fan of DeSantis from the beginning and I really have. And I continue to think. When at the end of the day, and you have to be able to do it rough and tumble, and the second piece is you have to have the money, John. And I think he's going to attract 
he has the rough and tumble ability and he's and the money will be with him. And I think a lot of these okay. other people, you know, I, and I, I'll just say this. I, I like his tagline that it has to become about winning. And under Trump, it's sure. not going to be winnable. Yeah. So I, I'm yeah. going to leave it at I, I still am intrigued by the governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin. I think he may still jump in. Uh, he's been wildly successful in Virginia. He's, he's got a different approach to him. I wouldn't put him in the same category as President Trump and DeSantis. I think those two battling out, Yunkin, yeah. we'll, we'll see. But I, I think he's still kind of looking around, kicking at the edges. Uh, I, I think in the fall, it, it still could be that it's not too late to jump in. Again, he's a very engaging guy, ran a great, as you and I discussed, great campaign against Terry yeah. McAuliffe and Youngkin to me is he's he's just not as DeSantis is pretty hard edged. Yeah. The Battle of Disney. And it just seems like he's always ready to like pick a fight with someone. I, I think Youngkin has a, a softer appeal. Brilliant guy. Wildly successful. Ran the Carlisle Group. Cashed out at 500 mil. Yeah. I still think that that is someone someone uh, to I watch to yeah. watch. Yeah. yeah. And then finally, Donna Perry, you know, as much as so it's Kennedy and Marianne Williamson, but I, I just want your thought. You know, there was Biden with representative from Israel, and, he, you know, he, he literally seemed like he was dozing off and reading off the card, and he's still always walking off the wrong side of the stage. Right. I, I think it benefits him that President Trump continues to garner all this attention, but I, yeah. I still, I think Democrats deep down, I think they are still not sold that he's going to be able to, pull the trigger and pull this off um they better hope that it's against like a president trump but i she is just so unimpressive and and i think i think democrats secretly are concerned about biden as the candidate we're talking about like a year from now yeah and and again a lot can happen to someone who is you know it it is not shared with the public but um, he has health issues. I think yeah. anyone can see that. Uh, there, I've said this many times. I think he has the traits of a person with Parkinson's. And yeah. so you see the shuffling, walking, and I've talked about some of this. Yeah. So I would just say this. Um, I really don't think that when they're behind closed doors, A, they're not a 1,000% sure he will ultimately be able to execute the whole thing and be you know, when you think about what a campaign trail is now, you can say, oh, he was sheltered and he won't have to do much. But I, I don't think I think the, the Democratic Party internally is not sold in the idea that that he will go the distance with this. Um, and so what does that mean for them, though, John? That's like a real, real, you know, fireball. Like what, what does is. that mean? And then who yeah. who jumps into the vacuum? You know, and I do think. Harris is a very unpopular vice president. Yes, agreed. So, you know, I think it's in the Republicans' court to keep reminding people, does the rather feeble aging president have right. to get out in midterm? And then, you know, you, it, it's President Harris. I think you're going to see a lot of themes around that. Whether, and I do think they're going to keep, you have two big dynamics in my view, just quickly. Um, I think the DOJ and the pursuit of Trump is like this is right there. That's the number. It's almost the larger issue. Um, but I also think the longer they're dragging it out, and there is a lot of politics in it. I'm sorry, it absolutely is. And the longer they drag it out, though, John, it plays to Trump's advantage because it yeah. does look completely, you know, to stop him. Quote sure from being the 2024. Agreed. And if anything, it blocks everyone else. Yeah. But so. I think you saw just also quickly. He he did the town hall meeting with Hannity, and he has Hannity almost begging him to get off the same day voting thing. And let's oh, face it, yeah. President Trump is no spring chicken. He would not. He refused. He's like, nope, day of. Uh, otherwise, that's not how it works anymore. And, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And, right. and there's Hannity almost like pleading with him to get off that. But yeah. I, I don't I don't uh, I don't know. We're going to see. But I I still think there is an opening. But I, I think the larger problem sits on the Democrat side because I, I think Democrat to their core are not sold that Biden Harris can get it over the right. finish line. And, right. Folks, again, she is independent columnist, opinion maker. And it's great to talk to her, Donna Perry. TJ, great job as always. And we will talk to you again. Great to talk to you. Yeah. Remember to log on to DePetro.com. 
We have original stories, original videos, also links to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Plus, you can get some great merchandise in the shop. Log on dipetro.com. Falcon Pest Services, when you have a pest problem, give them a call. Serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, 401-739-1322. Falcon Pest Services, residential or commercial, whether it is for maybe you have some kind of a termite problem, bed bugs, ants, roaches. Listen, a mice problem. Mice can be problematic. Rats, mosquitoes, many other pests. Falcon Pest Services, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, all different types of programs, multifamily housing, condos, apartments, single-family homes, restaurants, office buildings, highly trained, experienced pest control technicians. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's a one-time treatment, monthly service, quarterly, or year-round protection. You can depend. Falcon Pest Services. Call them today for a free quote, 401 739 1322. Get your yard sprayed. Get rid of those mosquitoes. Falcon Pest Services. Call today, 401-739-1322. Falcon Pest Services. You can also find them on Facebook. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. So the state police, they're now joining the probe. So you have Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, her campaign is under criminal investigation by the Rhode Island State Police and by the Rhode Island Attorney General's Office on at least one campaign worker who had worked for Governor McKee. Now, Brian Crandall of NBC10 has also done a good job. Let's pick this up as well. This is the Channel 10 story. We first reported yesterday that the Attorney General is taking the lead as more communities refer suspected fake signatures on nomination papers to law enforcement. The I-Team also first reported today that East Providence is now part of that list where potentially phony signatures include those of city council members. Yep. Good evening, everyone. I'm Tamara Sikarsik. And I'm Barbara Morris. The I-Team's Brian Crandall is live with the latest developments in the scandal that has been unfolding all week. Hey there, Brian. Oh, Barbara and Tammy, East Providence election officials rejected all the signatures on two nomination forms submitted to them and have now joined Jamestown and Newport in calling for police to investigate suspicious signatures turned in on behalf of Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos in her race for Congress. Everything's wrong. East Providence City Council President Robert Rodericks takes a look at what is supposedly his signature. Not spelled right, number one. Roderick says he did sign a nomination form for Sabina Matos. I have a legitimate signature for her somewhere, <laughs> but that's not it. I'm not going to stand for it. It's not, not my signature. He's not alone. His name was among all five city council members listed on the same nomination form for Matos. Councilwoman Anna Souza tells me she did not sign any Matos form at all. Though her name appears here. It's not even close to my signature. Councilman Frank Rigo, like Roderick, says he did sign a Matos form, but not the one that was submitted. I know it's not the lieutenant governor who I met on many occasions. I think it's just an overzealous campaign worker, I hope. It's, it doesn't look good, and especially with my years on the Board of Elections, it's something that I'm not happy with. An election official who validated nomination forms in another city told me the Matos forms were sloppy expected a campaign like hers to be more organized, though didn't find a higher rate of rejected signatures than other campaigns. Matos has not yet spoken publicly about the controversy. We went to her lieutenant governor's office at the statehouse today and was told she was not there and no answer at home. Her campaign issued another statement this morning saying it gave signature collectors clear instructions and anyone who violated them will be held accountable. But that, quote, any insinuation that our campaign in any way encouraged this is simply false and contradictory to the facts. They also say they're confident they have the required signatures to be on the ballot. Now, that form with the apparently fake city councilor signatures in East Providence was not submitted by the same woman, Holly McLaren, who apparently submitted the suspicious forms in Jamestown and Newport. But McLaren did turn in others in East Providence, including one in which all 12 signatures were rejected. We still have not heard back from her. The State Board of Elections is meeting, including on the Matos matter, tomorrow. I'm Brian Crandall, NBC 10 News. Now, that's very significant, and I actually want to just replay that with what Brian just said because I, I think this is, the, like, the bigger story um, of this whole matter. They also say they're confident they have the required signatures Okay, that's to be the, on the Matos ballot. people, this part. 
Now, that form with the apparently fake city councilor signatures in East Providence was not submitted by the same woman, Holly McLaren, who apparently submitted the suspicious forms in Jamestown or Newport. But McLaren did turn in others in East Providence, including one in which all 12 signatures were rejected. We so that that was not handed in by her. So what does that tell us? This tells us there's there's a second person involved here. Now, there's another interesting part of this, and that is that from what I understand, the husband of the lieutenant governor, he was also out on the campaign trail and part of the mix of collecting signatures. But the fact that how does how does Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos and her campaign, how do they deny it if more than one person on her, her campaign, and this is a different person, more than one person on the campaign are handing in fake signatures? Now now you have a full-blown, I mean, then how, it's not, it's not, I don't believe it's, it's feasible that two different people would make the decision that they're going to hand in fraudulent signatures. I believe what we're going to find is that it was uh, within the campaign and that pre presents a larger problem i think that's the biggest story of this whole pieces of the puzzle is that it was yet a now another person with the campaign you're listening to the john DePietro show aj drywall plaster home improvement call them today for a free quote you can also find them on facebook 401 323 9252 323 9252 AJ drywall plasters home improvement frame to finish basements what a difference it'll make in your basement acoustic ceilings look how beautiful your ceiling could be new homes additions also commercial rehabs painting remodeling contact them today it's a family run business AJ drywall plaster home improvements Call for a free quote. What a difference they'll make in your home, your ceilings, floors, basements. 401-323-9252. What a difference. Beautiful walls and ceilings. 401-323-9252. You can also find them on Facebook. It's AJ Drywall Plaster and Home Improvements for your home or business. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. This next story is just pathetic. I feel terrible for the people that depended on these people in situate. Channel 12 with the story. A sinkhole. $3 million turf field unusable for years in, in situate. Listen to this pathetic story. Field frustration. In 2019, Situate Public Schools built this turf field using nearly $3 million from a taxpayer-backed bond. And yet, students have barely stepped foot on it because multiple sinkholes have... Oh, not sure what happened. Here we go. Target 12 investigator Kate Wilkinson has learned this has become a legal battle for oh, the town. God. Target 12 was led on to Cato Field where we noticed two boards that were blocking off divots here. You can notice the difference is that there's quite a bit of give in the ground compared to right next to it where it's fairly firm. Oh, yes, yes, I'm already talking. Taya Bagley is about to head into her senior year at Situate High School, and she's barely played soccer on her home turf. I've only actually played four total games on it, and it was my freshman year. She doesn't think, in fact, that she will ever get to play on the field again. Problems beneath the surface of Cato Field came to light in the spring of 2021 when Situate Public Schools reported the first sinkhole. Then in June of this year, Superintendent Lori Andres told parents in this email the first sinkhole was filled, but more have emerged. She would not speak on camera, but in a joint statement with the school committee, they acknowledged they were in confidential mediation talks with the developer and designers. A message echoed by RGB Architects out of Providence and Massachusetts-based RAD Sports. Target 12 also reached out to the engineering firm Gale Associates, who were involved in the nearly $3 million project, oh, but they did not God. respond. Bianca Mancini is a parent and the president of the Situate Booster Club. She says repairs need to be made to Cato Field 
soon. We don't understand why it hasn't been fixed and litigation continue after the fact. Ridiculous. Uh, you know, you get into a car accident, you fix your car and you sue after. No one will say what is causing the sinkholes. However, a geotechnical assessment report of the field in June of 2021 says sinkholes often form because of a, quote, progressive failure over time as soil migrates. I feel like the responses have been lacking. They've been delayed. We don't get frequent updates. Terrible. Uh, there's a lot Terrible. Of behind the scenes that doesn't get shared with us. And I feel like they hide by the attorneys, yep. you know, for the most part. Sheer incompetence. Since the closure of Cato Field, the district has had to find other places for students to play. Coming up new at 6, I'll have why one student says the backup plan isn't working. With the Target 12 investigators, Kate Wilkinson, 12 News. You know, folks, I, I don't understand. As we all know, in the private sector, someone where someone would lose their job over that. How does something like that happen? Who did you hire? Where does this something like this even begin in this day and age? Everything we've learned, all the technology, you're not talking about something from, you know, back in the 50s or the 40s or whatever, when they didn't realize something or building over a dump or anything like that. that. That is just absolutely inexcusable. Think of what you have to go through uh, in order, you know, home inspection. So for the residents of Situate, this is so beyond the pale. And the way the school departments drag their feet on something like this, you know, whoever said this business, you know, you're in a car accident, you get your car fixed, and then, you know, you deal with the insurance as you deal with the insurance. But the amount of foot dragging with this, how they pick that site, it's hard to believe that as they were planning to do this, that someone clearly didn't do the proper job. Now, you you know what's what's missing from that report? No one has lost their job. No one has lost their job. No one has been suspended. No one's been suspended. No one's been terminated. You don't hear anyone step up and take responsibility. I don't blame if, if, if the children there, families there, every right to be irate over something like this completely completely incompetence ludicrous what are you talking about you just spent three million dollars for a turf field and no one can be on it and no one's doing anything my god how incompetent are these people wake up take some action set a deadline get a plan going Stop being so mamby-pamby on the sidelines. The incompetence of these people is just pathetic. Do something about it now or you're fired. What part of that don't you get? No one's been removed. How is that? What is, these people refusing to go on camera. What is that? Absolute lunacy. You're dealing with this is another example of people in charge of something they should not be in charge of something it's over their head they don't know how to deal with the responsibility that goes along with it that's blown money what was the point of spending three million on a turf field if you can't use it what's the point of that wake up i'm glad that channel 12 did that story and it should have been filled with parents demanding somebody's head. Stop making excuses and fix the problem immediately. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Make sure to find The John DePietro Show Facebook page. And you can watch all the action on the scene live stream. Follow it all. Real time live stream. Just follow John DePietro Show right there on the Facebook page.